Ladies and gentlemen, we are once again not live. We are recording, and you are not listening live, so I'm not going to feed you that bullshit. And Freddy is not here this week, so I'm doing the introduction with the Devil's Advocate, with the Encyclopedia, and CBG, and we are not live in this motherfucker. Welcome. There there goes uh, me marking this episode off as clean. (laughs) We're definitely gone explicit right off the bat. And gentlemen, this podcast is limitless, it's undisputed, and it's freshly squeezed. And now I bring to you the devil's advocate, Rob Faint, with the fun fact of the week. This date in 1985, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, otherwise known as the Rock and Roll Express, win the NWA World Tag Team titles. I bring that up only because they were mentioned several times during the AEW uh, broadcast, so I thought that was somewhat relevant. All right, and we have Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash in the books at this point. Uh, we're not going to go into who did what on the picks. We'll wait till Freddy's back next week, and we will save our thoughts about those shows until next week. For this week, uh, Rob actually had an idea of some stuff to talk about. So, Rob, you want to bring it in? Yeah, I mean, I just thought, you know, in, in a, at the risk of being a little bit cliche, we do our half-year awards. You know, I'm curious to see what you guys think, uh, you know, who your wrestler of the half-year was, uh, tag team, etc. And then we also made up a couple of fun ones, I think, through a couple ones maybe, you know, that you wouldn't normally see on a list. Um, I don't know, what, are we going to cover those next week? Yeah, so this week we're mainly going to focus on our rustler of the half year for, really, we got nine categories here. We got WWE men's women's tag team, we got AEW men's women's tag and tag team, and then NXT men's women's and tag team. And then uh, we'll we'll try to throw out best match of the year as well, if depending on how long we go with this. We'll do some of the more fun topics next week. Okay. So kick us off. What's the first topic? All right. So let's start off. We'll we'll go from top to bottom on our dock. Uh, we're going to start off with Rus- men's wrestler of the year in the WWE for the first half of 2020. Uh, Rob, you want to kick this off? Yeah. Um, I would say my wrestler for the half year uh, is AJ Styles. And... It's not that um, I'm not calling uh, quantity. I'm doing more quality. Um, I think um, he's had some good matches this year. I think uh, he did uh, uh, The Undertaker a big favor this year in one of the first uh, cinematic matches. I think, uh, And of all of them, I think they pulled that one off the best. Um, and then I'm going to throw in the AJ, the AJ Daniel Bryan Intercontinental match, which was probably one of the better matches in the last couple of years, not just this year. So I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for AJ Styles. All right, uh, that's a very good pick. Um, I'll go with mine next, and then we'll hear Stevie G's thoughts on it. So for all of these, I'm not necessarily going to go for the best wrestler of the year per se as far as matches go um i'm gonna go for overall character how they've done the first half of the year which in a lot of cases means that the booking will also help determine this in a lot of cases so for me the wwe men's wrestler of the first half of 2020 i'm giving 
to the reigning WWE champion Drew McIntyre. And that's basically because the guy's been on a roll since January. He won the Royal Rumble. He eliminated Brock Lesnar. He then went on two months later to defeat Brock Lesnar. And while his challengers have been of an iffy quality, I just feel like he's kind of been that focal point of the WWE. He hasn't really taken a step back from anything either. He's just been on a roll over and over again throughout the last several months. So even though it's it's a weak class, really, um, and AJ Styles is a good pick on your part, I will definitely give you that. Um, I just feel like Drew McIntyre's head and shoulders been above the rest in the men's division on both Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Stevie G, what do you think? I actually was going to pick the same. Um, Drew McIntyre, um, just because of the push he got, and they actually seem to be using him well and having decent storylines, you know. Um, I, I want to be a part of that episode a couple weeks ago where you guys spoke about why are we still fans? So, you know, as much as I watch, I guess I could say, um, that's always something I'm paying attention to and enjoying. So I would have to give it to Drew McIntyre. Just, uh, honorable mentions to me, Orange Cassidy, Daniel Bryan, but we didn't get to AEW yet, so... I'm just saying... Well, okay, all right, I get it. Go ahead. Okay, so you're going overall for the first time. I was doing overall, but yeah, all right, we can work. I can work with it. Okay, all right. So that's also Rob's pick if we did an overall wrestler of the half year. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't prepared to do that. That's why I broke it up into categories. That's okay. I mean, I, actually, it's not my choice, but go ahead. Okay. My overall would be Joey Janela. No, I'm playing... <laughs> <laughs> the bad boy. Um, all right, so the next category we want to talk about is the WWE Women's Wrestler of the first half of 2020. Um, I'm going to let Rob again once ago first since he kind of spearheaded this thing. Plus, I'm guessing I know where he's going with this, and I'm probably going to agree with him, so I'll let him speak, and then I don't have to say much when it's my turn. You, who you think, Bailey? I'm not answering that yet. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, you said you were going to agree with me, so, I mean, that's who my choice is. Okay, then we're in agreement. Um, from an entertainment standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint, uh, she's done it all. I mean, I, I think I've sung her praises more than once, and, uh, you know, I'll say it once, I'll say it in our times, I'm not the biggest women's wrestling fan, but she is certainly someone I enjoy watching um, more for her interviews and her uh, histrionics during matches than her actual matches. Um but she's overall, to me, more entertaining than 90% of the people on TV right now. Um, her title reign is great. Her partnership with Sasha Banks is great. I don't even, I'm don't i not even as irritated with them showing up on all the other shows because of that entertainment factor. And I've said it before. I love the fact how she answers back to commentators and things like that while she's wrestling. I think that is hysterical. I think she's the first one that's done it. And I think um, you know she keeps it up. She's going to be wrestler of the year. All right, yeah, and I 100% agree with you. Um, and not just the fact that she's become a focal point of all three shows as of late, but she's also the longest reigning champion on the main roster for both Raw and SmackDown right now. She's held that bet since last October, where I believe every other title has changed hand a few times since then. So that, that level of dominance is still there. I know in a couple of weeks she's defending at Extreme Rules against Nikki Cross, and I really don't see it changing there. I 
between her and Sasha Banks, they've just been killing it the last couple months, especially the first half of the year. And and it seemed like they're one of the few, and you've mentioned this a few times, that when the pandemic hit and we went to empty arena, the talking to the announcers, firing back at them and what have you, uh, they just, especially Bailey, she's just been on fire with that. So I'm going to agree with you. Uh, the first half of 2020 women's WWE wrestler, I'm going to also pick Bailey. Stevie G, what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, those, you know, those uh, four horsewomen, as they used to call them, annoy me. Um, I feel like they get thrown in your face too much, you know? I mean, you guys didn't mention Charlotte, which I'm not saying Charlotte's good, but Charlotte's another one who's been on every week. Like, I'm so happy she's having surgery, injured, whatever. It was a blessing. (laughs) That's so messed up. I mean... I'm just being real. I mean, it was it was it was an elective surgery. It wasn't a surgery she needs, from what I understood. I hope she comes back with like G's. <laughs> but on that note, I'm gonna like totally go opposite. I mean, yes, Bailey and Sasha have been enjoyable, even though like I do get annoyed seeing people too much. And with this whole COVID nineteen crap, I have been seeing people too much. So wrestling's actually been very annoying for me when it comes to wwe i've been enjoying AEW a little more because you know they have the wrestlers in the crowds and they tend to rotate them out a little more i think but anyways um back to the subject at hand i'm gonna go fanboy no i'm not going alexa bliss i'm gonna throw it at lacey evans because even though she's lost a lot or whatever like every time she's like been thrown into like different matches the build-up and stuff gets me going and i want to like I, I, I want to see her win. I like she's had championship opportunities and she's lost. I know she'll have her time, but I enjoy her character. I even enjoy her off screen character. If you guys watch her like on her social media and stuff like even that stuff I watch and it's funny to me. So I'm going with my girl, Lacey. I will say she has improved by le- leaps and bounds, especially this first half of the year when she was getting the feud with Bailey and Sasha Banks for that matter incorporating her daughter into the storyline so she, she's definitely her st- stock has definitely improved in the last several months um just as you mentioned that consistency uh they haven't been using her as much for whatever reason i don't quite understand why but hopefully i'll change in time for her all right and then wrapping it up on the wwe side we have tag team Best tag team of the first half of 2020. Um, Stevie G, I'm going to put you on the spot. Why don't you start this one off? Um, those guys. <laughs> oh, God. Why am I Can drawing you be a little Frank? more street, specific? Street, street Profits. Yeah, that's what I thought he was going to say. Street Profits have grown on me. Um, back in September when we went to Raw... I got to meet them after the show, and, um, you know, when I meet some of these wrestlers, I'll pay attention to them a little more, depending how the experience goes. I've been paying attention to them. Now, some of the, uh, you know, these these cinematic matches, like, it's just like another thing that Vince McMahon got into, and I feel like he's overusing, and like uh, I believe it was Rob said, Undertaker and AJ Styles is a great one, and then they've kind of like gone all over the place from here. But the Prophets and the Viking Raiders, it was good for a laugh. You know, I enjoyed it for laughter. Money in the Bank, I just hated with the passion. Anthony's about to press his mic. 
<laughs> the look of disgust on Rob's face. Because <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy those segments, and he's been shaking his head at me, so now it's your turn. No, I think it's funny as hell. Like, even when that, like, that Chinese wrestler, whatever his name is, <laughs> came out with the samurais. I don't know his names. I know that was such a horrible description. He's I'm Japanese, sorry. and his name is Akira Tozawa. I was going to say, not even, not even Chinese. Okay, well. <laughs> That's great. When Jackie Chan came out. Yeah, and, I see what um, an impression it made on you. So you, you know, the, you don't even know, you're like the Chinese guy. <laughs> Jackie yeah. Chan's not the right nationality either. <laughs> Um, Bruce Lee. It was Bruce Lee. Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. When when Bruce Lee came out with all like the samurai fighters and all that, I just found it funny. But anyways, street profits are doing their thing. They uh they they they're they're guys who like I'm not saying carry division, but for the tag team side, they're carrying part of the show right now. They're a big part of it. Um, and I'm gonna go with them. This category to me was the hardest because I think the WWE tag team division is at its worst right now. I think it absolutely stinks. Um, so I wrote down New Day only because you can count on to have a decent match. Um, other than that, though, you could pick and throw any team into that mix, and I wouldn't argue with you because um, I think, especially Raw, what are there, three tag teams now on that show? Maybe four? And two of them were thrown together most recently, and then you've got like the Viking Raiders, which, eh, I mean, I don't know. I, I could care less. This, this is the work. To me, this is like the worst category going. So I picked a New Day. All right. Um, just for the sake that I don't like the New Day, I did not pick them. Um, I had thought Miz and Morrison um, it's for entertainment value, but the tag team title reign was a complete freaking joke. Um, and then jobbing out to Braun Strowman last month really killed it. Uh, so... The Viking Radiators and the Street Profits, they were, you they were pretty interesting. the Radiators? Sounds like you said radiators. I might have been some pronunciation issues on my side. <laughs> I'm going to call them the Viking radiators from now on. Too many broken skull IPAs before we started. No, um, the Viking Raiders. I it, maybe if they had that tag team title reign thrown in there, but the Street Profits uh, on top of those funny segments that Stephen mentioned, uh, they're still the reigning champions. They've at least stepped it up to make things entertaining for the last several months in the very weak tag division. And it's not for a lack of teams necessarily. It's that they're just not doing anything with them. Um, I, w- I couldn't pick the New Day. because Part of it, unfortunately, has to tie into the f- whole Forgotten Sons issue uh, with Jackson Riker's tweet basically killed that division for almost a month. Uh, I, I think the Forgotten Sons and New Day feud, that, that got canceled with everything going on. So... By default, I feel like the Street Profits were the best ones, but they were also the only ones left that really were consistent throughout the first half of the year. All right, uh, let's move on to the league that's the favorite of you two guys. Let's go over to AEW, and let's start it off with the AEW's men's wrestler of the first half of 2020. Um, I have honorable honorable mentions to uh, John Moxley and Orange Cassidy. Um, I think Moxley is taking everybody you know, they put in front of him, and he's made the matches entertaining. I don't think necessarily they've been the best challengers, but, I mean, there are his challengers. Um, Orange Cassidy, I don't think you need to say anything about him. I mean, I think he's just an enigma that, you know, you don't you don't expect anything from him, and then he, he pulls out five, you know, four to five-star matches, and he just makes you laugh constantly. But my man is, is still Chris Jericho. 
Um, Jericho segments with the inner circle or, or not the inner circle with, uh, uh, with his team are great. I think he's, he, he's bringing everybody along with him. I think his match against orange Cassidy was great. He's still capable of having great matches. I mean, I'm not really technically sure he should have won orange Cassidy, but, but I mean, he gave him a good run. He gave him a lot of offense, which, you know, you wouldn't expect. Um, it certainly wouldn't happen in WWE. So, I mean, you got to give Jericho a lot of credit. I mean, and it, and all those weeks where there really wasn't a lot going on, he was pulling out these segments, you know, at home and doing it just about anything to entertain. And you got to give a man who's been in wrestling that long a lot of credit to, to, to dance and, you know, to, to work out in his garage. And, and uh, you know, and I, I think he's res- responsible for a lot of the development, a lot of the characters. I mean, Jake Hager's actually entertaining for once. I think that has a lot to do with Jericho, Santana Ortiz. I mean, funny guy. I mean, I just I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. So that's my man for uh, wrestler of the half year. All right. So Stevie G, you you agree with that pick? You got someone else in mind? No, I had two people in mind. And one of them was who he said, Chris Jericho, and um, you know, he explained some good reasons. So. I'm going with my other pick who, you know, it's a front-running pick, but Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has done great this year. Um, he, like, there's no there's no matches with Cody Rhodes that I get bored with or I'm not satisfied with for a singles match. Like, I always look forward to his matches. And um, I like the whole angle with him defending the TNT uh, championship with, you know, an open challenge and stuff. That's... Always another cool thing to look forward to, especially, you know, when wrestlers have done that, even WWE, I like that concept. So I'm going Cody Rhodes for this one. It's a good pick. MJF would have been a good pick, too. Uh, I, I I can see that, Steve. I definitely can agree with you on that. I think um, they've given him a diverse amount of opponents, which makes him look even better. Mm-hmm. So where Moxley's had to fight all these huge guys, he's getting these smaller guys. He's getting, you know, he's got a nice mixture of opponents. So I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I'm not in love with Cody. Uh, I think he overbooks a lot of his matches, but he does help put other people over. I mean, he went, he he helped bring MJF to another level that unfortunately that momentum kind of stopped because of COVID and uh, MJF's very tragic paper cut that kept him out of action for a month. Uh, but yeah, Cody Cody definitely brings it every week, so I can't argue that pick. Um, Jericho is always entertaining. Whether it's been in the ring, on the mic, helping the younger guys, I will agree with both of you on that. Um, I didn't go with either one of those guys. I actually did go with a guy that was mentioned, though, and I think it's because his segments have been the highest rated as far as the fans have been concerned. Uh, If you look at the quarterly breakdowns, it seems like his segments were going up and up and up, and he went from really being off to the side, mainly an AEW dark wrestler at the first half of the year uh, to main eventing the second night of Fighter Fest. So I'm actually, to my surprise, going with Orange Cassidy. Um, he he makes that that style of his, that careless, carefree style with the hand in his pockets to start the matches. He actually finds a way to make it entertaining and believable. Um, I remember when they first signed him, I was trying to figure out what the hell they were doing, and he's made a believer out of me, I will say that. So... Uh, I think it's the up and up for him. I think he's at a point that I actually thought Darby Allen would have been at at this point, and I'm going to give him his his credit here. I'm going to say Orange Cassidy for the first half of 2020 for AEW men's. Um, Now, let's move on 
AEW Women's. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Steve, you want to leave this one off? I don't have one. <laughs> well, I, there you go. <laughs> no one sticks out to me. No one like. No one's like, oh, like I'm a fan of her. I love seeing her get in the ring. Like I could sit here and be like, oh, Penelope Ford, uh, she's hot. But that doesn't say anything for in-ring skills. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, I mean, I do like her. I mean, I would love to lean towards her, but she's been out the last couple weeks. So it doesn't have me choose her. So I don't really have anyone. And then that other one, that big mastodon, like, she used to be a man. So does that even count? I knew that was going to come up at some point. That's why I I went off with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know. I wouldn't vote for her because I know she used to have a penis. So Okay. On that note, um, I'm going to I'm gonna respectfully disagree with Steve. I think there is one woman that's killing it right now, and he did mention her. It's Dr. Baker. I mean, the fact that she's injured and is sending notes over – when she had that string set up to send notes over to Tony Schiavone, I, I look forward to them every week because you never – and they're like now she's pulling like this injury thing. Like someone um, – I forget the girl's name threw like a, a something at her and it hit her in the eye. So now she's claiming she's got eye injuries. I mean – that to me is is true talent is when you're not in the ring, and you can still keep your 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 name out there. You can still entertain. I mean, look at Jericho when he's not wrestling; he's on the mic and he's killing it. That's why I picked him because not only is he doing it in the ring, but he's doing it everywhere else. And if, to me, where her granted, there aren't a lot of great women in AEW, you know, and, and there's some lacking talent there, but she is the one that seems to to me stands head and shoulders over all of them. And this is without even her being in the ring. So that's my pick. And that's what's crazy, though. I agree with you. Like I said, Britt Baker's been out a couple weeks, and that's maybe why I couldn't like directly say her. But if I'm going to think of anyone, she's the one I'm thinking of. So, And, you know, they've had other female wrestlers going, and it's like, well, what does that say for them? I, I don't even remember the, the name of their champion champions. right now. I know it's a <laughs> Japanese girl, but I can't remember her name. So, I mean, that doesn't say much for her. Bruce Lee, we'll just go with that again. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know. There's got to be, like... Bull Nakano. There's got to be some sort of, like, famous Asian woman. Lucy Liu. Let's go with Lucy Liu. Anthony? I think I think it's unanimous. I also picked Dr. Britt Baker just because, I mean, at the beginning of the year, she had just started her heel run, and I remember thinking, wow, this is terrible, and she's she's really killed it to a point that she, as Stephen pointed out, she's been injured since mid-May, and yet she's still one of the parts of that show every week that you're thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I dare say that her boyfriend may eventually end up in AEW, and I think that a lot of that's got to do with the fun and the influence that she's bringing in there, so... Uh, hats off to her. I think the only thing missing is that women's title reign, and I think that that's going to come. I mo- actually believe Hikiro Shida, that's her name, guys. Thank you. I think her winning the belt might have been so that when Brit's ready, that she's defeating another face for it instead of having to go up against a Nyla Rose. And Shida, Shida came out of nowhere and won that belt, and I really like her a lot. I really enjoy her work, but I... Britt Baker's just killing it. Um, she's managed to take an injury and actually found a way to rise herself above it while she's unable to get in the ring. Yeah. All right. Uh, and last for AEW, let's go for tag team of the first half of 2020. Um, I'll, I'll, I don't mind leading off here. And to my surprise, 
I'm actually picking the reigning defending tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Uh, front runner. It's not so much that it's a front runner. Those two, those two came out of nowhere, won the belts, and they've actually, you could honestly say they've actually faced all teams of all, all air, uh, skill Styles. sets and levels and class. I mean, we've seen them face the Young Bucks in what was a match of the year candidate. Uh, we saw, we saw them just face the private party recently, the best friends. So it's not like, they're feuding with one specific tag team. I mean, it's a shock that they weren't even established tag team, and yet they're really setting the standard for that tag team division in AEW. Um, especially when a lot of the talk is about the poss- the eventual match we're going to see between two other tag teams in that division in FDR and the Young Bucks. So I, I my hat's off to them. Uh, ever since they won the belt on the Jericho Cruise, I was, I was amazed. I was shocked. I didn't see that coming, and... They've constantly killed it over and over again, so that's why they were my pick for the first half of the year. Uh, Steve, I know you said front runner. Who are you thinking? I mean, I'm gonna say it's too soon for FTR. I'm not trying to go with elite members for every pick, so I'm not going Young Bucks. I'm not going um, Kenny Omega and Hangman, even though they both are great tag teams, and I do look forward to their matches. But um, I want to go different. And I'm going to give it a tiebreaker between the two I love, you know, I look forward to seeing the ring, Private Party, I love their energy, I love their wrestling style, and Lucha Bros. Those are my two teams that I, it would be a tiebreaker for me, because no matter what, if I know either of those teams are in the match, I'm about to be entertained. Okay. It's nice. It's nice to see the Lucha Bros back after Pentagon was unable to get out of Mexico for a while. There. It's funny you'd say that, Steve, because they're my honorable mention, and the only reason why I didn't pick them is because I didn't have enough matches. Gotcha. But they are my favorite tag team. They might be my favorite tag team of all time. I I look forward to their matches every time they're on. Uh, but you could make cases for Best Friends. You can make a case for the Young Bucks. You can make a case for a lot of different teams in AEW. I mean, that's really their strong suit. And I honestly went with Page and Omega, and I'll tell you why. Hangman Page. The man is hysterical. Like, there are some people that have just taken this pandemic and have just run with it. And, you know, and just, like, they've made their careers off of it. And he's one of them. He's just... Everything he does is entertaining. Like, that, that stupid stadium match he did, I didn't even really like that match. But I certainly loved him in that, like, you know, when he went and found a bar and sat down and had a drink and, you know, I mean, like typical, you know, came in on a horse, like all of it to me, it just, it, it, it sold for me. So I'm going to stick with Anthony. I'm going to say Paige and Omega. I mean, they've beaten everybody put in front of them and they've beaten them handily. They haven't had one match really where you're like, they're not going to win They're It's just, how are they going to win? You know? And I think, um, I think, I don't know who's going to beat them at this point. All right. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely coming soon, maybe as soon as the all-out pay-per-view, but there's so many teams that, despite the number of teams they've faced the first half of the year, we still haven't seen them face an FTR. Um, I don't recall if they faced the Lucha Bros, maybe on Dynamite before. But e- even if they haven't, those are two big matches right there that we haven't seen yet. Uh, e- even the Butcher and the Blade, I think... I think they can, they did a little bit of something in February, but I don't think that was ever conclusive. So, uh, 
Great division, that's definitely for sure. And the main roster for WWE could definitely take some notes there, as well as the NXT divi- tag team division has been kind of iffy. Uh, moving over to NXT, I guess let's start off with the let's start off with the tag teams. Um, I don't mind going first on this because um, it might help you guys. Because <laughs> how many tag teams were re- they really in NXT? Um, I really enjoy Imperium, but I don't think we've seen enough of them the second the first half of the year. I know Brizongo's back. They've been pretty entertaining, but I don't know if I can really take them seriously in that respect. I think, for me, the NXT tag team for the first half of 2020 is actually a team that is no longer active, and that would be the Broserweights, uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Um, they had very short, very short reign as tag team champs, um, but they're working the Dusty Rhodes Classic and then bringing the trophy around, taking it on vacation, bringing it in the car, all over the place. I thought it was pretty damn entertaining. As a tag team, they went just getting thrown together to being actually a very entertaining, very good, well-synced tag team. Um, It's just a shame that the tag team division in NXT, which used to be one of the strong suits, has actually gotten pretty weak the last couple of years. Um, Hopefully it picks it back up at the second half of the year. Uh, What do you guys think? I don't have anyone. I think uh, I went with you, Ant. Um, I think there was, uh, whereas the the pandemic has helped certain people, it's hurt other people in more ways than one. And one of the ways was we lost the Broserweights. Uh, I think they were, had unlimited potential. I think they were just starting to scratch the surface of what those two guys can do. Um, it was one of those, like, that's one of the reasons why I would switch over to NXT to see when they came out, to see what they were going to do. Because Pete Dunne was the perfect straight man. Never cracked a smile, never looked like he was, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. And that's what made them great. And like you said, you know, with a weak tag team division, they certainly stood head and shoulders to me over anybody else. And I can't argue Steven's point. It proves the point. That tag team division has just been weak this first half of the year, so... Can't knock them for not having a pick. It's pretty realistic. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's go. We'll go NXT Women's. Charlotte Flair. Okay. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> he, he was going for the perfect pick. No, no I'm good. I hate her. I uh, No, not Charlotte Flair. <laughs> not okay, Shayna so Baszler. real pick. Sheena Baszler, was she even on NXT the first half of the year? I don't know. Ruby Riot. <laughs> Who did I Charlotte like your original, face I like Bertha Faye. I like your original pick. Bertha Faye, that's where it's at. That's where the party's at. There's a party with Bertha Faye. Wherever she's at, party in her pants, the whole nine. God, why do we keep constantly bringing up dead people on this show lately? <sighs> All right, Merritt. F. Mary Kill. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's not on. So, so um, whoever Charlotte faced at Mania, that's my. <laughs> that Rhea Ripley. My pick. Rhea Ripley. Thank you. I mean, even <laughs> though like there was the rumors that she lost her green card, you know, shit happens, and I know that ended up not being true. I think, but uh, whatever. Um, Rhea Ripley's my pick. All right, Rob. You know. I put down uh, Io Shirai, um, and I know she's only recently become champion, but I've always been a fan of hers, even back when she was in Japan. I mean, if you've ever seen any of her matches in Japan, they're insane. Like, what she's doing now is 
is nothing in comparison. So I put her down only because I don't think Ripley, you know, I think that she's lost all the momentum she had. And I blame that on, you know, the Charlotte Flair, uh, you know, conundrum. Everybody must bow to Charlotte, you know, so and and Baszler's gone. So, I mean, I think that division's also suffering now. When they had that four-way match tonight, I didn't know who any of, the, any of them were. I knew who Miyim was. The rest, the other three, I couldn't tell apart. So, for me, I picked EO because I know her and I'm rooting for her. All right. Um, it's a good pick. Uh, th- there's a few in the NXT women's side that I felt like were good candidates there. I mean, we could go with Charlotte. Um, I mean, she did spend a chunk of time there and tried to help put them on the map. You could go with Rhea Ripley. Um, unfortunately, I think her momentum really got killed at after really after dropping the bell at WrestleMania. I know Dakota Kai, I felt like, has really stepped it up the last several months. Uh, her team with Raquel Gonzalez kind of has reminded people of the whole old-school Diesel and Shawn Michaels tandem back in the day. And then you got Mia Yim, who's improved by leaps and bounds. If you're into the purple hair poison pixie, that is Candice LeRae, I suppose. I mean, it's been pretty even. That's what I'll say, but I'm gonna. I actually agree with you. I picked Io Shirai. Uh, she's consistently been on the show, even when she wasn't necessarily the focal point, and out of nowhere, she's taken that women's division by storm. Um, she's also had some pretty interesting um, photo spreads in the past that we all enjoyed in the last week. Um, that's all I'll say on that. But. Uh, if you guys visit truefair316 at instagram.com and slide into his DMs, he will gladly send you those pictures he's showing, he's talking about. I'm gonna, I went with Yoshirai on that one, and I'm looking forward to her hopefully building back that division, or building that division back up. So the next category we want to talk about is the men's wrestler for the first half of 2020 in NXT. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think. I don't think there's too many options here, so... Simple, easy enough, Adam Cole, baby. Keith Lee. So I'm the tiebreaker, huh? Keith Lee all the I'm... way, been consistent all year. Best in his glory. I'm, I am I actually agreed with Rob <laughs> on this one. I'm picking the limitless one, Keith Lee. Um, granted, his, his big win just last night was in the second half of the year, but he... He had a great showing in the Royal Rumble. The fans were on their feet for him. Um, he really built off that momentum he had coming out at the end of 2019 after Survivor Series. And he's not only defeated Roderick Strong for the North American title, now he's the double champ as the reigning NXT champion. Uh, Adam Cole definitely killed it the first half of the year. Um, he carried that brand especially when he was going through a lot of changes over the 403-day reign he had. I think now it's sink or swim time for him. It's time for Cole to move up to that main roster, though. Uh, and I think that's why they've kind of built Keith Lee up over the last several months. So um, I'm, I'm going to agree with Rob and say Keith Lee on this one. All right, and our last category for tonight's episode would be Best match of the first half of 2020. Um, we're not going to break it up by the three divisions because, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think there's too many choices if you do that. Uh, who wants to start off with best match of the first half of 2020? Honorable mention, uh, as we said, uh, Paige and Omega versus the Bucks. But my match, I think, and I'm pretty sure once I mention her, you guys will agree, it's AJ 
Daniel Bryan. They finally gave the two guys time to do what they do. And the only thing that killed that match for me was those stupid commercial breaks. I, I, why they didn't put it on a pay-per-view, I'll never understand. Because a match like that, like I was into it because I, I know those guys. I've seen them wrestle before. But man, every time a commercial came on, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? Like, we, we couldn't have stacked the commercials a different way. We couldn't have had this run the last hour non-commercial. We couldn't have put this on a pay-per-view. You have one of your better matches, like what you can, you can, you know, Throw your throw your brand out in front of it and say this is what we can do, and then you put it on TV and you have a thousand commercials. Other than that, best match I've seen in quite a while. Okay, uh, Steve, you want to go with your best match next? The Money in the Bank ladder match. <laughs> oh God, Rob's gonna have a heart attack. I'm joking. I I quit. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm hanging up. You're never going to hear from me again. It was such an amazing match. Um, I, jeez. Like how they went around the performance center and didn't know how to get to the roof. Have you never been in that building before? Yeah, true. A lot of them probably haven't, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. Well, I didn't watch a lot of SmackDown, so I don't. I can't really pick anything from that. I'm going to say WrestleMania. <laughs> Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. That's my pick. Just because Kevin Owens won. Twice. Twice. And because he dove off the WrestleMania logo. Exactly. That's a WrestleMania moment right there. You can't... That's that's. I think WrestleMania, I think Kevin Owens jumping off of that WrestleMania logo. And right. you know what else I think of? As a, as a fellow fat man, a fat man jumping off the uh, WrestleMania logo and being having a successful fall. And spraining his ankle and putting himself out of action for six weeks for doing it. Listen, he just really wanted to save himself from COVID. Give the man more credit than that, you know? That's nothing to do with his ankle. He just wanted to, like, stay healthy. All right, Anthony, what do you got? All right. Um, I'm not going to pick Kevin Owens, even though he's my favorite on the main roster. Uh, it was a fun match. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, and, Rob, the Daniel Bray and AJ Styles match was in consideration for me, but um, to my surprise, I didn't pick that because, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, I felt like AJ Styles didn't sell the arm that Danny Bryan was working on enough during that match, and that was my only problem with that. Uh, to my surprise, it actually goes to the other match you mentioned, uh, which involves a team that I claim doesn't sell for shit, and they actually did in this match. Young Bucks. It was the Young Bucks uh, Omega Page match at I believe it was AEW Revolution. Uh, and you... You guys remember when we reviewed that show, I was still stunned that that was my favorite match in that entire show. It was orgasmic for him. I didn't go that far, but it proved that the Young Bucks, when they excel, they could even make a believer out of me. Um, it's how good of a tag team they are. And that match was just, they went for almost a half hour and they just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But they also sold it. You believed it. They were really pulling out all the stops. So as much as I love the Daniel Bryan... AJ Styles match, I just felt like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were just a little bit better uh, for the first half of 2020. I can see that. Alright, so those are our categories for the first half of 2020. Um, hopefully we'll have Freddie back next week and maybe he can give us some of his thoughts on, on these picks. And next week we're going to go into a little bit more fun categories. Uh, some of the things we have lined up. You fucked up moment. 
of the first half of 2020. Best tweet, the worst angle, the worst release. Uh, who's kill- really killing the pandemic? Favorite member of the inner circle? Wrestler most likely to used to be a man. Ouch. So, oh, so you're saying best tranny of the first half of 2020. Hey, it's got to become one with the times. It's happening. All right. So what is that? Nyla Rose and Sonny Kiss are contending. Um, okay. If I had to choose Sonny Kiss, that's that's who I'm going with. <laughs> All right. F. Mary Kill. No, forget it. Oh, God. No. no, 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 no. You know what? Freddie, you better listen to this episode because you might have just gotten your three names. Uh-oh. Yo, that, them two and Bertha Faye? Oh, man. It's messed up. All right, so next week we'll come back. Um, before we go, fight for the Fallen next week. There's four announced matches. I want to put you guys on the spot. We're doing picks for this next week because um, Stevie G actually missed the Great American Bash picks for last night. No, I didn't. You never put him in. You put in for one match. Whatever. That just that just means I won them all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Moxley, Brian Cage. I think across the board we're going to end up picking the same for all of these. Moxley. That's the world, man. All right. Oh, you're switching to Cage now. No, no. Moxley's going to win. I just, I like saying that. Okay. Uh, FTR against the Lucha Bros. I don't see how FTR can lose. I didn't think they were going to lose last night. Especially since they lost last night. But I can certainly see something where the Young Bucks accidentally try to help them and interfere and they lose and that's what sets the stage for a feud but i don't i don't know i think they need a win i think they how i don't know how they could be a threat if they don't win yeah unless you have lucha bros win so that eventually that will lead to that rematch right but you're thinking ftr yeah okay steve i'm going with ftr as well okay ftr uh, the two other matches announced, six-man tag match. Uh, it's going to be the Elite, young Bu- uh, basically Young Bucks and Kenny Omega facing Jurassic Express. Elite. Yeah, I don't, know how, I don't see how Jurassic Express is going to win. Even though I don't, what I don't understand is I don't know how Luchasaurus has not gotten a push. I still don't understand how Adam Page just is not, is not involved in the match at all. I'm wondering if that's something that's going to get revealed on Be the Elite next week or something. Um... This is a tough one because I feel like if you wanted to start really putting the dents in the Omega Hangman tag team even more than they started hinting at again, this would be the way to do it. Um, and maybe that eventually leads to a Jurassic Express tag team title win. Um, but at the same time, we did have the Young Bucks do the job this week. You said these were on-the-spot picks. Me and Rob have been shooting our picks out really quick, and you're like, I know. oh, let me debate this. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm the holdup because I'm not sure I want to pick the elite here. Um, we need you to be more prepared. I'm going to go with Jurassic Express then. <laughs> All right, so he went with Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and then TNT Championship, Cody versus Sunny Kiss. I'm putting Cody across the board for everybody, correct? Yes, because Cody's the best wrestler in AEW. Oh, you and Rob can debate that one. <laughs> Jericho's going to have to retire at some point. Not yet. But at some point, and then then they'll be Cody. Hey Rob, let's think yes, about sir. like let's think about real quick when um Ric Flair was close to retiring, right? Mm-hmm. What do him and Chris Jericho are starting to have in common? 
Ric Flair, when he was closer to retiring, even like, you know, five years before he retired, what's something that Jericho and Ric Flair are having in common, it seems? Uh, beer bellies? I was going to go with sloppy tits. On that note, guys. <laughs> you know what? I was trying to think of a nice way to say that, that their bodies were a little, but you put it out there. I was going to say, let me think. Jericho hasn't been divorced 80 times. Um, Jericho doesn't bleed at the drop of a hat. Has Jericho ever bled? Like <laughs> uh, he, ha- he has a, a few times, times, but not too often. Not really blood. But yeah, I'm gonna go beer gut because not just like Ric Flair uh, with his drinking, uh, Le Champion just keeps drinking a little bit of the bubbly on a daily basis, hasn't he? No, the whole point was the sloppy tits thing. I didn't really want a real answer on that. <laughs> right, no. F, F Mary kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> on that note, Anthony was trying to note. sign us off. <laughs> Blackbeard the pirate, take us out with the accent. Okay, so we're ending the first half of 2020, or just past it, on a high note. Um, we're in consensus Pirate that we're, we're in consensus that uh, sloppy tits for the first half of 2020 is the highlight. No, um, all right. So thank you all for joining us. Come we'll be back feet. next. We'll be back next week with our picks for Extreme Rules, and we'll update everyone on the standings after the Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. Have a great weekend, everybody.